Peace and blessings. This is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. I want to introduce someone I'm very proud of personally, Sheikh Abdul Jalil. He's our next speaker. And I'm so happy to say that, mashallah, he is the newly appointed resident alam, or the scholar, as we say in English, at the Idara Jafariya in Burtonsville, Maryland. A much, much deserved position for this inspirational, knowledgeable speaker. He's worked here in the United States since 2006, and he's worked tirelessly, mashallah, to serve multiple communities. All, all throughout the United States, traveling constantly, Canada, overseas as well. And he is never, mashallah, without a beaming smile. And this is such a wonderful example of the akhlaq of the Holy Prophet, and I'm honored to acknowledge that in him. He gives lectures, he gives classes, he gives programs, and he delivers all of them with humility. He has so much knowledge that he has gained, and I've seen him for many, many years myself, and this knowledge just grows and grows and grows. And mashallah, he has a beautiful family, one member who is here in the audience with us today, Hidayah, and another son, Mubarak, and many other young brothers too. Uh, they are wonderful children, and they are blessed to have such an inspirational father, and someone as such a role model. And inshallah, Hidayah is gonna follow in his footsteps and do what he does even better, inshallah. Now, he has a background in studies from the Imam Khomeini School in Qom. This is where he received his master's. And he's also studied with the Ahlubayt Institute in his native Ghana. Now, the breadth of his specialties include fluency in Arabic, English, Hausa, Farsi. He's also well-versed in Arabic literature, Islamic history, logic, Quranic recitation and memorization, mashallah. And he has extensive experience teaching these topics to both children and adults. Now he brings to light, in a very wonderful way, important Islamic theological principles, but he does it in a meaningful way, and he strengthens his audience in their faith. And he will wake you up now. So please join me in welcoming Sheikh Abdul Jalil. My dear distinguished scholars, 
distinguished panel, distinguished brothers and sisters, I would like to say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. And to the non-Muslims, I will say, peace to you all. Before I start, I would like to thank Sister for the words that she just mentioned, even though I really believe from the bottom of my heart that I don't deserve any one of these words. And I mean it, but I believe they said that if somebody is wearing a dark glass, normally what happens is they see everybody dark. When, when you're wearing something beautiful, you see everything beautiful. She is so beautiful. She thinks everyone like me is that beautiful. And I really appreciate her kindness. Thank you, sister. My dear brothers and scholars, and I will just be brief about my topic regarding our dear prophet and Islam in general. Most of the time we talk about Islam is a religion of peace. Prophet is a, is a prophet of peace. But the question is, how did he promote that peace? How did that peace took place during his time? Practically, when he was alive, how did he promote peace? Because one thing is, I say about peace, and the acting peacefully is another thing. I can say peace, peace, peace. Now let me give you an example, brothers and sisters. And this has to do with the logic. Our scholars, they know, they said that everything in this universe, it has four existence. Everything that you can think of. One is called al-wujud al-dhihni. Imagination in your mind. You imagine something in your mind first. And that thing, whatever it is, it exists only in your brain. That is one. Number two, another existence, it's called al-wujud lafzi. You see it. Then three, they said, al-katbi. You write it down. And the fourth one, they call it Al-wujud al-khariji, the outside existence. You know, the proper, the importance of these three, four different existences that we mentioned, all of them are good, but the most important one is the fourth one. Let me give you an example, just to make it easier for us to understand this point that I'm trying to make. First, may Allah protect you, inshallah, you don't get sick. You go to the doctor with any problem. You tell the doctor your problem. The first thing the doctor does is to think about medication in his mind first. That is the first one we say, would you? Didn't he? He thinks about it. Then two, he tells you, brother, sister, you need this medication. Then three, he takes the paper and pen and write it, which we call it prescription. The fourth one is you take the prescription, you go to the pharmacy and you get the medicine. Now the first one and the second one and the third one, they're important. But not as important as the physical medicine. 
As much as the doctor can tell you, oh, you need this medication. He says you need this medication. He writes down this medication. If you don't have the physical medication, you're not going to be cured from that disease. Another example. If you're hungry, you think of food in your mind. Any food that you can think of. And I tell you, mashallah, most of you know biryani. Right? Or you know nahari. That's one of the best food. Now, you think about this favorite food in your mind. Then you come to say, I need biryani. I need biryani millions of times. Then you take a paper and pen. You're a million times. Biryani, biryani, biryani. Good. But there is no physical biryani outside. Are you going to be feeling you say, I imagine biryani in my mind. I said that I wrote it. But as long as there is no practical biryani, you're still going to be hungry. We talk about the prophet. He is the prophet of peace. Religion of peace. But the question is, how did he practice that peace when he was alive? So we can follow that steps of that peace. So we can practice the same thing he practiced. In order to have the entire universe under the peace as he did during his time. That is what I would like to focus, brothers and sisters. Practical peace that Prophet promoted during his lifetime. Number one, brothers and sisters, as our Gishak started, the Prophet, before he started anything, he let the people know that I'm a Prophet. And the God that sent me is a God of peace. So if you want to be part of that religion, you have one. He told everybody. But Sayyid Shaykh said, one of the name of the God that I serve is As-Salam. The peace. If God is the Lord of peace, of course he wants you to practice, to practice peace as well. That is one. So Prophet, the first thing he did practically is to let his, uh, his followers to understand that the pro Allah and the God that he serves is not any God who promotes any violence but the God of peace. That is what he started to teach them. One. Two. Then he said that after he taught them that the God is the God of peace, he said it's not enough. You have to even practice. Practice the peace among yourself. And that is when you see each other don't say anything but promote a peace practical. Now listen carefully. The reason why I'm bringing this because you know in every science that you got, we have two ways of learning. One is called theory. The other one is called practical. Right? Now the prophet, the first part of what he did is teaching them theory. The God is the Lord of peace. Now how do you implement that peace? Implement it among yourself, but seeing each other and promoting the greatest of peace among you. That is number two. Not only that, brothers. Just let me tell you about the importance of how did he promote peace. See, you know in Islam, as a Muslims, when you stand before God, as you started to pray, you're not allowed to do anything else. No talking, no eating, no playing, no laughing, nothing. Somebody comes and talks to you about something, you can't respond to them. But guess what? There's one thing you can do. When somebody brings 
the point of peace, the call of peace to you. In the middle of prayer, you know what the prophet says? It's a pause and respond to the call of that peace. And it's not nothing else you can do. You, as soon as you stand in front of God, you started your prayer. You are not allowed to do anything. But when somebody walks and says, "Assalamu alaikum," peace be upon you. God says, "I want you to pause, respond to that peace because it's the most important thing in life." That is number two. Number three, the prophet did stop there. Practically about the peace, he continued to teach. He said, and every day, every Muslim, and it's amazing, if we stop to think about our Islam and religion, how Islam promotes peace, it's amazing. But unfortunately, the problem is not the religion, it's us. Do you know every Muslim, five times a day, five times a day, the last word they finish with their prayer is what? The peace. The last word. They will say anything in the prayer. They will ask anything. But the last word they end their prayers with is about peace. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That is importance of peace. The last word you end with is about peace. Not only that, the Prophet, he even tells us about the importance of peace. Everything that you do, the prophet puts a reward for it. But you know, the prophet says, when you see somebody and you start a peace with him, you say, Salaamu Alaikum. You know how much reward do you get? Just to promote the importance of peace. And so when you see somebody, as soon as you say, Assalamu Alaikum, the prophet says, Allah divide the reward. The reward is 100 times, 100, right? But then he says, 99 goes to the one who started the word of peace and one to the one who responds. Just to tell you the importance of peace and how to promote that peace. That is practical peace that the prophet promoted. That is one. Number two, practically how the prophet promoted the peace during his time. You know the prophet, when he came, at his time, there were two superpowers. One of them is called Al-Aus. The other one is called Al-Khazraj. These two powers, they were like superpower of that time. And they were in the war for so many years. They killed each other. They tortured each other. They lost a lot of lives. That's before Islam. Then the prophet came. And he wanted them to stop the fight. He asked them to embrace Islam. They accepted Islam. As they accepted Islam, that hatred among each other didn't stop. Until one day, the Prophet was not around them. One of the companions is called Ta'laba ibn Ghunum. He was there and he started to raise his ancestors. He said, look at us, the tribe of house. We have these great people. And he started mentioning them one after the other. The other party, the other tribe, Al-Khazraj, they also were sitting there. And one of them also stood, stood up and he started mentioning his ancestors. And then they started to fight each other. The Prophet was not there. One of them rushed to the Prophet. Ya Rasulullah, please come. There is a war that started. 
The prophet came and he asked them, Why are you fighting? They say, Ya Rasulullah, he started this. He said about his ancestors, and we also mention our ancestors, and that's what the whole problem started. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the ayah, and he told them, and the ayah that Allah revealed, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqullah haqqa tuqaat. Oh, those of you believe, fear Allah. And then he goes down to talk about the peace and the unity among them. But the point that I want to mention, Allah says, فَأَسْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ that you became because of him, the prophet, because of him, you all became brothers. That the prophet, when he came, even though you were enemies to one another, you were fighting one another, you were killing each other. But the prophet came and he not only he taught you peace, he told you this person that you look at is your brother. And how did he do that, brothers and sisters? He put what we call a golden rule for every, every Muslim. Every person, for your Muslim, I said, this is the golden rule. What is it? In order to promote the peace, practical promotion, the Prophet told them. He said, Ahbib lighayrik ma tuhibbu li nafsik. Wakrah lahu ma takrah laha. Allahu Akbar. Wallah, these words of the Prophet, I believe it should be written with the golden gold. Because just this word, if every human being is going to put this in front of them and practice these words, trust me, we will be in the most beautiful and the most peaceful place of this world. What does it mean? The prophet says, love for others what you love for yourself. And dislike for others what you dislike for yourself. Doesn't matter what person is, as long as it's a human being, it's a love for them, whatever you love for yourself. And that is what the Prophet promoted during his lifetime. You go to the Quran, some people come and they tell the Prophet, I don't I don't want, I don't have this. The Prophet says, You have mine. And the same step is successor. They also follow the same steps. That is the teaching of what the peace that the Prophet promoted among his people. Not only that, even before he became a prophet, and you remember the story, when the Kaaba was destroyed, and the tribes came, came together, they built the Kaaba, but they got to the part where they have to replace the black stone. And black stone is very important in Islam. And every tribe wants to take that privilege of putting that black stone back to the place. And now no tribe is willing to give another tribe that opportunity. And it turned to become fight. And then one of them said, I have a suggestion. What is it? They said, let's agree. Anybody who walks in now will be the one to solve this problem. They said, okay. They put the, the black stone down, they waited. And guess what? For their surprise, the first man to walk in was Muhammad ibn Abdullah. Prophet walk in. As he walk in, they all said, oh good, thank God. He walked in. They all went to him. They said, Ya Muhammad, we have a problem. What is it? They narrated the story to him. We have a problem. No peace. What can you do? The Prophet said, no worries. And we are talking about, this is the peace with the people who are not even the Muslim to begin with. 
Then he said to, to them, this is easy to solve. He took his abat, this, this kind of cloth, he spread it on the ground. And he brought that bloodstone, he put it on his abat. Then he asked them, how many tribes are you? They said, we are four. He said, good, even good much. He said, one of you take the corner of this cloth. He did. One of the tribe take the other corner. He did. The other one take the front of the corner. The other one take the four of them piece the, 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 the edge of that cloth. And he said, okay, now come with me towards where we need to replace that black stone. And then he got to the black stone, he picked up the stone, and he replaces it. And the entire tribe were amazed the wisdom that this prophet brought to them. That and once do, do you do you know? Do you know? Just this incident that the prophet did, if the prophet was not there, how many lives would have lost in that situation? Do you know how many people would have been killed because of just to replace the black stone? And the prophet, with that wisdom, not only he solved the problem, he saved lives. And he promoted the peace among them as well. That is how the prophet promoted the peace. And when we talk the prophet promoted the peace, he promoted the peace in different levels. Different, level number one is individual peace and then society peace as well. What I just mentioned is an example for society. He taught people also how to be peace with themselves. I would like to end with this. You know the Prophet ﷺ, as today we hear the Prophet and Islam is the religion of violence, killing, torture, and all and you know, one time the prophet was sitting. A young man walks in. He came and he greeted the prophet and the companion. And then he sat next to the prophet. And he said, Ya Rasulullah, I came to ask you a question. The prophet said, go ahead, what's your question? He said, Ya Rasulullah, I want you to give me a permission that I can go and do anything that I want. Anything. Fornication, stealing, anything that I can think of. Just give me the permission. So when I do it, I wouldn't get hurt or I wouldn't get punished by anybody. You know, the Prophet sallallahu as soon as he heard this, the companions, they wanted to promote violence. They were so angry. Why would you question? The Prophet told them, no, be quiet, please. He's talking to me and I can deal with him. Then he brought the young man close to him. And he said to them, to the young man, I heard what you asked for. But I want to ask you a question. And I want you to be uh, open with me. It's a question that I have for you. Would you allow anybody to sleep with your sister? And the way you're asking me to allow you to do it? He looked at the prophet, and he nods, no. Would you allow it for your daughter? He said, no. Would you allow anybody to do it with your mother? He said, no. The prophet said, the question you ask me, if I permit you, is either you do it with somebody's mother, or somebody's sister or somebody's daughter. 
And if you don't allow it in your mother, in your sister, in your daughter, how do you expect me to allow you to do with other people's mothers or daughters? When the young man heard it, you know what we, I call this? Internal knockout. The prophecy, no, no, there is no any, there is no any physical, no, just internal knockout with the wisdom. When he heard this, he put his head down, and then later he raised, he said, Ya Rasulullah, can you do me a favor? He said, yes, I do a favor. What do you want? He said, pray for me. Then the prophet said, okay, raise your hand. He raised his hand. The prophet made three du'as. Allahumma firdamba. Allah forgive his sin. You know why he said forgive his sin? Because talking to the prophet in such manner is sin. Two, he said, Allahumma hassin farja. Ya Allah, I ask you to help him to get married soon. Three, Allahumma tahir qalba. Allah purify his heart. Brothers, the last point is this. Peace can never be established unless we start it with peace with ourselves individually. Let me say this and last my, my last word. You cannot give something unless you have it. Can you give a dollar if you don't have a dollar? No, no, you have to have a dollar in order to give a dollar. You cannot promote or give peace unless you have peace yourself. And the only way you can start with peace is to start with yourself. May Allah give us that peace and shalom. to take how the Prophet brought this message to people so that they could actually use it. It wasn't just theory. It was a real solution to life by reminding people to look at other human beings as themselves. And that's what will allow us to behave better and create peace when we recognize that the other is ourself. Now to bring in a little interfaith, the greeting Namaste in the Hindu tradi tradition, it says, I acknowledge the God within you, and you acknowledge the God within me, meaning I see you as a reflection of me and a reflection of the higher source. And so you're not just looking at another person like your enemy, someone to fear, somebody to be concerned about, somebody who's gonna take something away from you, but you're seeing them as part of yourself, woven into this fabric of creation, woven into the creation of the one true power. SubhanAllah. Thank you for those amazing words and inspiration.